Welcome to the official pod. Eric Allen here in studio with Jets assistant GM Rex Hogan. Rex, what is this week like from your perspective? Because you got to get down to 53 and then you look at waivers and then you have to assemble a practice squad. Got to be quite busy. Yeah, it's wild. It's uh, it's fun. It's a we call it the second draft, so to speak, uh, because you're getting another opportunity. The waiver wire, they're going to they flood it with, you know, several hundred thousand players and names that are out there and and our our pro staff does a tremendous job uh, starting with Chad Alexander and, and Greg Nejma and the rest of our pro scouts uh, getting things un- organized and evaluating and putting it all together for us to be able to to condense the list downs and work through it so you know last night not a lot of sleep <laughs> and uh, you know it's tough you're going through making the, the cut downs and it, it's really tough and challenging, especially the way the, the roster's grown and we've grown the roster and developed the players. So it's been wild. So, What are those meetings like? And Joe Douglas just talked about it with you downstairs addressing the media here at One Jets Drive, whereas you got position coaches talking about they can't have enough players, right? You got Brant Boyer, who is looking from a special teams perspective, rightfully so. You got you guys who've either had a hand in bringing these guys in or help scout early on. And uh, obviously the coaching staff, uh, Robert Sala, uh, Jets GM, Joe Douglas, everybody's got to say, what are those meetings like? Yeah, there's really a running dialogue after each one of the preseason games. We get together with the player personnel staff and the coaching staff, and and we go through their rankings of the players, uh, how we see the players on the practice field, how they see it, and then leading up to the game, how they performed in the game. So each week of the the three preseason games, we kind of build this – you know, vision in our mind of, of who's progressing, who who needs to make some improvements. And you know, by the time you get to the those final meetings, it's not just a total download of information. We, we've worked up to it and, and have kind of in our minds which direction we're going to go. So. Did, did you guys as a staff early on know that, hey, we do have really good depth here. This roster has been transformed. And in a few weeks, this is going to – this is going to be tough. Yeah, we felt really good about the uh, competition we created each level of, of the team, and so and in each one of the positions as well. So we knew, you know, we we could feel it, we could see it that you know the roster is getting better. The toughs, and as the roster gets better, the decisions and the cuts get harder. And uh, this was, you know, by far the toughest one we've had uh, since we've been here in the 2019 season. Since the 2019 season, so. You know, kudos to our uh, our player personnel department overall for identifying the players. Um, our coaches have given us great profiles. We're all on the same page of, of what they want in each position, and our coaches have done a great job of developing the players and, and making them candidates mm-hmm. to have options after here. And you know, we like we've talked about, we had uh, you know seven guys claimed today. There were four other guys claimed in the past couple weeks who we released, and then in addition to Eddie Pinheiro uh, signing with Carolina. So that's 12 guys off of our uh, training camp roster who are now with other teams, which is, you know, it's cool, and it, but it's tough for us at the same time because we've, you know, we've selected them, we brought them in, developed them, but wish them the best. How many years in the National Football League is this for you right now? Uh, this is year 20, 20th season oh, coming up. Okay, so this is your 20th experience with this. Yeah. You ever have an experience where you start training camp and you put a number of guys on waivers where at the end of training camp, 
12 of those guys no, on another team. No, no it, we've, it, it's the most we've had, and the, especially at the cut down, it's, a, it's the most that, that I've had in, in one given moment. It, so. it, it, it's something else, and I'm not going to ask you what was the conversation that he had longest on. Let's start with a couple guys who actually made the team. Sure. Though. Undrafted free agents, Zonovan Bam Knight and Tony Adams. Let's start with T.A. first sure. because I think Bam Knight, he gets the ball in his hands, so people are a little bit familiar with him. What stood out to you about Adams throughout camp, but also take me back to why you signed him following the draft? Yeah, our guys did, an, in terms of the draft, did a great job of identifying him. And for draft consideration, ultimately, uh, you know, we ran out of picks, <laughs> but through the, the trade-ups, uh, but we always had, had identified Tony as a guy that we wanted on our roster, whether or not it was through the draft or signing and free agency. And we were fortunate enough for him to, to slide through and get him and recruit him to come here. Uh, and, and our coaching staff, as well as player personnel staff, did a great job of, of recruiting him after the draft. But once, once Tony got here, he, you know, he, he had background as being a corner and a safety at Illinois. And so when we got here, our numbers were a little bit down at, at corner with some injuries. He hopped right in and OTAs at corner and was ultimate team guy because he was, he was brought here to play safety. But I think it really helped him just in terms of his development, be able to see start out half the field. And then when he made the transition to safety for training camp, ultimately that's where we were, saw him going once we solidified the corner position. And it really helped him in terms of stages. And you know, both Tony Oden and Marquand did an awesome job with getting him up to speed and quickly making the transition from corner to safety here. So with that position flex, would he be kind of like an emergency, maybe nickel guy, more inside guy, or is he outside? But, it, you know, potentially, you know, yeah. we like guys who have that, yeah. have that value, have that asset, or have those traits. And so we, we see it as an asset with him and having that value. I remember the green and white scrimmage. Every time there was a play out there and he was on the field, 22 was thumping. Do you like his activity level? I love it. I love it. He's got, you know, he's active, he's energetic, he's always got a smile on his face. And, he came in with this mindset of, of I'm going to take a job. And it comes out in, in his emotions, how he plays. And just like you're saying, he is, his activity and energy. And he plays with urgency and intensity exactly the way we want him to. Yeah, the safety position, uh, Joe just talked about it. He thought at the end of this process that you guys had six players that you can make the argument that they should be on a 53-man roster somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, we were lucky enough to get Will Parks back on the practice squad, uh, but really felt like, you know, the way Will performed dur during training camp and in the preseason games that he, too, was a definite 53-man consideration. So we're fortunate to get him back. Okay, so let's talk about Bam Knight, a uh, guy who won undrafted. When you start making those calls, because you guys were done in the fourth round, you were done early this year, but mm -hmm. when you start making those calls, uh, during the draft and say, hey, hey, Bam, if it doesn't happen for you in the draft, we're going to come calling. Yeah, you know, after the draft, we, we really focused on, on him and the value he brought. Uh, Jonathan Stiegel did a great job of, of recruiting him post-draft, and, and then it came a, you know, became a, a collaboration with all of us in, in addition to Taylor Embry uh, it's because we go back and forth as a group and, you know, we do it together. And, you know, 
Bam saw the vision that we had for him, and you know we talked about his his path and his ability to earn his way to the 53, and he bought into that and and came in and performed. So it was really cool. Well, what can you say about his return ability? Obviously, he can carry the football, and he had that nice score and run against the Eagles when he wasn't going to be denied. But does that put a guy like that over the top? Yeah, you know, coming out of uh, out of college at NC State, he he led the country as a, in kick return yards. And we saw that on tape, and you know, Brant was excited about it, and we were excited about it. You know, it was kind of the icing on the cake for what else he did in terms of as a runner and receiver. And you know, when you have a guy who can do that and not only provide core value on special teams, it, it really helps project him how he's going to make our roster. And then, you know, the kick return he had in, against Philly mm -hmm. set us up for the game short, short field and, and game winning drive by Strev. Let's talk about the Lawrence Cager project. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what went into the position switch for him? And then how is he a different player than maybe the, the guy you got your hands on a couple years ago? Yeah, so a couple of years ago, you know, he goes undrafted and has an injury where he breaks his leg in, in his grad transfer year from Miami to, to Georgia. Um, you know, unfortunate for him in that regard. If not, he's probably a draft pick. And we saw him as a draft pick. We saw him as a big-bodied outside receiver, but we always saw that frame. And he's he's got long arms, he's broad shoulder, he's well built, and you know he could bounce anywhere from 217 to 230. And you saw the growth potential in him. And we had talked to him about it last year and about going into OTAs and making the transition in his return to to hey, you know you might be able to make this make this jump. You you got to buy in. And he really he bought into the offseason training. His body continued to grow. He's he's around 240, if not north of 240 now. And he's maintained his speed and he's maintained his receiving value and it probably improved it because of the F tight end value. And uh, he's really improved as a blocker. And it's a, a testament to what uh, Ron Middleton's done with him and the coaching staff's done. Yeah, what does that say about him as a guy that he probably looked at himself and rightfully so? Listen, I could be successful. A wide receiver, I've been playing this for a long time, but that he bought in, and now he's gotten to this point where he's on the 53-man roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he had a moment of you know some adversity, like we all do, and he looked himself in the mirror and said, what else can I do different? How can I change my path and, and change my future? Because he bounced from our practice squad to a couple other practice yeah. squads as a receiver. And uh, you know, it's a humbling experience when you get cut and then have to realize Man, I've got I got to find a different way. So really proud of of Cage accepting that, and then you know having the self awareness that I'm going to be able to do this. He's going to make it. He's in a pretty cool room now. Yeah, but really what cool do you room. think about the transformation that you guys have done at tight end? Because Cager joins a group that includes obviously C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin had one of the best camps out there, bar none, I think here this summer at One Jets Drive. And then, of course, you guys draft Jeremy Rucker as well. Yeah, it's it's a really cool room. And, and we feel like it, it had a lot of similarities to that safety room. Mm. You know, um, made a tough decision on Wesco. Love, love what Wesco brings in terms of his toughness and his blocking and soft hands. And again, that's that's another room where we felt like those are six NFL 53 caliber tight ends. And uh, you know we were fortunate to get Kenny Yaboa back on on our practice squad, and uh, we'll see Kenny continue to develop and you know, contribute like he did last year. And so, in addition of you know Ruckert and CJ and Conk, we feel like we've got all those guys who are different and all going to contribute in their own way. You guys study this 24/7 every day out of the year, but 
Robert Sala called Conklin a pleasant surprise. Were you expecting – again, games are on Sundays. We're going to have to see what the production is. But when you watched them day after day, was there something that came to mind maybe that you didn't see on film? No, I think what we saw was a guy who was a little bit under the radar because he, he produced – in his role yep. at Minnesota, he produced with targets, and he's got unbelievable hands. He's a he's a former Division three basketball player, so you see his body control. You see the way he can tempo routes and change speeds. And there's a lot of cuts that look like he's making when he's he's on the basketball court, and how he how he sets up those routes and changes the speeds and uses you know burst or gear down, and and then he's got the body control when he leaves the ground. So, you know, it, he was a little under the radar in terms of free agency across the board, but. Man, we felt like adding him with CJ, that those two guys would really complement each other and, and be a great addition to the tight end room. A burst gear body control when you start describing Conklin a little bit. I start thinking about Garrett Wilson. Yeah, uh, yeah true. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. uh, uh, what do you think about uh, his transition to date? Um, because he's made a lot of plays on the practice field. Nothing seems too big for him, and he also seems like a guy who's fitting in well with his teammates that he's continuing to absorb things. Yeah, the, you know, like you said, he's got an infectious personality. You know, guys are naturally drawn to him, and he, you know, he invests in people in relationships, and you can see it in how the camaraderie of that room, first and foremost, has grown. But the, the similarities of him being a bas having a basketball background and former D1 offers and, and how he was, if, if you want to turn on his highlight tape from, from high school, it's pretty impressive. But you can see when he leaves the ground, his ability to adjust. Uh, he's doing, he's catching oops and punching on people in, in the lane. And you, you see his ability to elevate and his body control and catch the passes and the way he changes speeds with his routes too. So it's really cool when you can you see those guys in terms of the movement they have on the basketball court and how it transitions to football. Last few years here, Jameson Crowder was the leading receiver for this team. Can you speak to what you have in the middle now? Because you re-signed Barrios. Garrett Wilson's got um, experience both outside, inside. Elijah Moore can play inside as well, and Jeff Smith probably can play inside for you too. Yeah, he has in the past. And, you know, I think all of those guys, the way Mike LaFleur moves guys around within this offense and the value of them having, you know, versatility to play X, to play Z, to play F. And each one of those guys has a unique skill set that they can play inside, they can play outside and, and set up mismatches. How about the speed at the skill positions? I mean, we can talk about it on the defensive side of the ball, but let's focus on the offensive side of the ball. How much of, of that was an emphasis in the offseason? How much is that coming to light now, the possible explosive options that you guys have at tight end in the backfield? We didn't even talk about Brees Hall and right. company, obviously Michael Carter leading the way there and at the wide receiver position. Yeah, it's it's been cool, and it, and it was an emphasis for us. And you talk about just on the offensive side of the ball, what we added with with Garrett in the first round with his speed, and and Brees with his speed, and being a sub four four guy at his size is how unique that is. You know, when you look at what he did at the combine and how he tested, he's up there with what Saquon Barkley what did, what Jonathan Taylor did at that size and speed, uh, which those are three pretty unique guys. And 
So adding them, those two guys, and then, you, you know, you add Ruckert, who has some sneaky speed, too, and <laughs> shows up on GPS and, and the way he was able to stretch the field at Ohio State. And he's still, you know, working his way back to full 100 um, percent after his injury. But we've really, really been you know, pleased with his progress. Let's well. fl- let's flip it to the cornerback position. You draft Ahmad Gardner, number four overall. Wasn't targeted at all in the preseason. That that's pretty rare for a rookie. Yeah. I, I mean, people yeah. are gonna they'll take. He's gonna be seeing a few passes, I would imagine, in regular season play. But um, just what did you think of his camp? I think he's been had a great camp so far. He's been everything we thought he would be. Uh, yeah. I, you see the, the height, the length, the athleticism, but what people don't see is the absolute love of the game, how he's the first one on the field, how he's constantly asking te- teammates on the defensive side of the ball, teammates on the offensive side of the ball. When we had the joint practices, he's talking to the, the guys who we went against and just looking for tips, and he's an absolute sponge to take in everything and learn, and he wants to grow. and. He carries it over to the field. It's been awesome to watch. Do you like that dynamic at quarter, cornerback? You got the big, long, lanky guy, and then DJ Reed, who doesn't have the height, but he plays like he's eight foot tall, I like to say. And then you got Brandon Eccles, who got that starting experience last mm-hmm. year. Bryce Hall, of course, and then at the nickel position, I think Michael Carter reminded people in that last preseason game that, hey, I'm here, I'm pretty good too, and yeah. I can man that nickel spot for you. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> it was a heck of a pick. It, it was awesome play, you know, coming off uh, his guy and Tyrod trying to hit the the corner route behind him, so or got out of the pocket and tried to hit somebody on the sideline. But it was cool. It, it's been cool to see MC two continue to progress after a strong rookie year. But no, the the dynamics of that room is different with the. Uh, two guys who have legit height and size in, in both Bryce and Sauce. And then even though the other two guys are a little bit shorter in stature, you know, they've, they've done a great job in the weight room. Our player performance staff has done a great job of, of improving Eccles' body and building him up and yeah. continuing to improve his speed. So it's a good room overall. How tough is it going to be for teams against you guys in third and long situations. We saw a taste of it against the Giants. That was like the first time we saw the starters out there for extended time, but we're going to see that against Baltimore and everybody. I know you can say that with everybody in the NFL, you don't want to be in third and long, but just looking at the pass rushers, especially the depth and the numbers you have at the defensive end position and what you guys did in the offseason there. Yeah, it, it starts to, to get them to third and long. We have to play well on, on rundowns or early downs. And, and Brick talks about that and Robert talks about that and, and you know, winning in the early downs and being able to put, put us in a situation where we can be successful on third and long. But you know, Aaron Whitecotton's done a tremendous job with that defensive line and the way it's built to come in waves. And we've got 10 guys on, on that group right now who we feel good about who are who are going to come in waves. Obviously, they're not all going to be active on game day, right. but but uh, they're all going to be fighting to be active throughout the week, and it, it's a good problem to have. I know everybody's looking forward to see Carl Lawson in game action, no doubt about that. He hasn't played a regular season game yet for the Jets. What about somebody you talk about flying under the radar? Uh, obviously, we talk a lot about the draft picks, and rightfully so. Uh, Jermaine and Michael Clements, uh, who it's just been all-out effort since the day he walked in the <laughs> building. But how about Jacob Martin? 
Yeah, Jacob it was a great addition for us. You know, we're excited about him. He he's he's played right in. He's played left in. He's played in in defenses where they have him standing up. But we saw him down in in Houston last year against us. And as a guy, as a as a right in who can really get off the ball, when you need to put him on left, he can do that. He's he's got length. He has speed. He's got a motor. You know, he he brings a, a new approach, as a, a little bit more fastball approach uh, than than Carl or JFM on is those guys and so when you go bring him in as the third brings a different look and a different body type kind of a change up if you will for the for the tackle he's going against so what are your thoughts now a week out from the beginning of the 2022 season you're feeling pretty good about the roster but just like your emotions to see it all come together and finally in action yeah excited there's no other no other way to put it for me other than excited what we can what we can do coming up this season and with the competition we've created throughout the roster and how it's been finalized. And to watch this group gel over the next week, 10 days, as they come together and practice in preparation for Baltimore, there's nothing more I can say than they excited about 2022. You talked just before about the relationship of Joe Douglas and Robert Sala being in lockstep. Robert said something earlier today that struck me and it speaks to what you guys are trying to do here. I wanted to get your thoughts on it. He said, this roster is pretty cool. It's being built, not bought. It's a, it's a great way <laughs> to describe it because we've gone out and obtained guys in so many different fashions with it, whether it's through the draft, undrafted, uh, free agency, trades, claims. Like These guys have, have come from you know different – Different, obviously, different teams and different backgrounds, but have been acquired through different venues. And these guys have gelled together because we're looking for the guys with the same common common goal of of being teammates, putting the team first, but playing with the effort, intensity, violence, and technique that the coaching staff wants. And we found a group that really want to do that. Yeah, well, and here I know no timeline on Zach Wilson's return, and we'll get the word from either. Robert Sala or Joe Douglas. But with that being said, I don't want to say a luxury, but how nice is it just to have a guy like Flacco, if you have to give him the ball here to start the season for a game, two games, whatever it may be? Yeah, it, it's very comforting because of the, the success Joe's had throughout his career. Um, but not only as a starter, but seeing how he's developed this relationship and connection with Zach and Mike White and Strev and how strong of a bond that room has and how they get along even, even though you know Joe jokes that he's he's the dad and catches the dad jokes of the group being 14 years or 15 years older whatever the exact uh, number is but it's really comforting to know that this guy has has seen pretty much every rush that's been brought in or every blitz or every coverage and he's got this just certain calmness and demeanor that Hey guys, it's it's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay, and he can still throw the ball like he did 15 years ago or 14 years ago when he came in the league. Yeah, I think Flacco's going to be able to throw it when he's 65. <laughs> he's the guy you want on your team in the neighborhood. <laughs> we joke about it. it. Looks like every ball that comes out of his hand looks like a shot out of a jugs machine. Yeah, no doubt so. about it. Hey, listen. Uh, hopefully, you get some rest this weekend. Yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> you get back after it. Enjoy it as always. Yeah, appreciate it. E.